0: to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. Hi, welcome to the Cybertraps podcast. I'm Jethro Jones coming from wa- coming to you from Washington. I'm founder of the B Podcast Network and author of the books School X and How to Be a Transformative Principal. I'm a former principal at all levels of K-12 education.
1: Greetings everybody. For those of you who don't remember, I'm Frederick Lane, an author, attorney, and educational consultant normally based in Brooklyn, New York, but coming to you today from the city of Accra, Ghana. I'm the author of 10 books, including most recently, Cyber Traps for Educators 2.0, Raising Cyber Ethical Kids, and Cyber Traps for Expecting Moms and Dads. Jathro and I have teamed up to bring timely, entertaining, and useful information to teachers, parents, and others about the risks arising from the use and misuse of digital devices.
0: Over the coming weeks and months, we'll be talking to some of the world's leading experts from the fields of education, parenting, sociology, and cyber safety. Join us as we look at what it takes to better navigate our increasingly high-tech world. For more information or to donate to our work, please visit centerforcyberethics.org.
1: The Cybertraps podcast is a production of the Slightly More Flush Center for Cyber Ethics, a five hundred one c three independent, nonpartisan educational institute dedicated to the study and promotion of cyber ethics as a positive social force through research, curricula development, publishing and media, global traveling, professional training, and public advocacy. <laughs> Hello there, Jethro. <laughs>
0: Hello, Fred. Man, uh, in Africa, can you believe this actually happened?
1: It is so bizarre. Let me tell you. It has been a wild week so far, and I am looking forward to telling you about it
0: well, I'm so glad that we are able to do this while you're in Africa um because so many unique different experiences, I'm sure, are happening. And I'm glad that we get to capture some of it as part of the podcast. And, I'm looking forward to, uh, you're going to be there for the whole month of March, right?
1: That's right. I'm here through April 1st, and uh, it's going to be a fairly busy stretch. We've already done a bunch of stuff. A quick shout out for folks that if they'd like to see some of the photos of my trip and some of the updates on the presentations that I'm doing, some of which we'll discuss, they absolutely should sign up for the free newsletter, uh, newsletter newsletter.cybertraps.com. Uh, obviously, if they want to donate a uh, portion of those proceeds, go to the Center for Cyber Ethics. Uh, but uh, certainly it is a, a free thing in your inbox and you'll get some insights into what I'm doing over here.
0: Yeah, and uh, I want to share like you've only been there a couple days, but you've already been on a news program uh, with Awo and uh, this cool guy that I don't remember his name, but it was
1: Blessed Soga. Great lesson
0: Soga, yes, great name. So uh...
1: and we and we should back up just real quick. We should back up and let people know because I think it's important that this is my trip here is sponsored by the U.S State Department um, through an organization called World Learning. And I'm over here on a subset of the Fulbright program, which is for academics to do semesters and years abroad. Uh, in different countries in their areas of specialty. And as some of the listeners may recall, I've talked about the fact that uh, my wife, Amy, who's a professor of art history, uh, has done Fulbrights in China and then in York, England uh, back in 2019. So she was the one who introduced me to the Fulbright Specialist Program. And I want to give a call out to anybody who might be interested because it's open to anybody other than academics, it's specifically designed for people who are not professors. And what you do is you, you submit an application in areas of specialization. And if you get approved, you get put on this roster of experts and either you can uh, apply for opportunities that the Fulbright people become aware of, or you can do what I did, which is to make my own arrangements with an organization. And one of our earliest guests actually was Awo, uh, um, uh, Adam Amenya, who is the founder and director of Child Online Africa, which is based here in Accra. And she had previously, during the pandemic, invited me to be on a panel for uh, African Internet Safety Day. And so out of that relationship came this particular trip. So it's it's really been a wonderful example of how a combination of social media networking and governmental outreach can bring people together. It's been quite.
0: Yeah, it's it's really amazing because um, we we talked with Abo a long time ago, and um, I was on a panel for, for something that she was doing for right. uh, for that as well. And it's really cool that this has blossomed into you literally going to Africa to help them do things in a smart and ethical manner. So we'll get into the things that you are are doing there and all that kind of stuff in just a little bit. Um, but this is just really exciting. This finally came to pass. And, you know, you've been talking about it for over a year. And it finally yeah, finally yeah. happened.
1: Yeah. And, and remember, we thought this was going to happen back in September. But um, for a variety of reasons, things didn't really gel until about three weeks before I was supposed to fly to mm-hmm. And I think I made a smart decision, which was to write back to the state department and, and to Awo and say, look, that's really quick. Can we just move this to March? And they were happy to do that. Yeah. Uh, so that gave us a lot more time to plan. Awo is an absolutely tireless planner and networker. So she has put together a program that honestly, um, uh, I, I'm earning my keep, I guess is the way to put it. <laughs> <Yeah. over here. laughs> so and and to be absolutely clear, this trip is a, at least, if not more, about what I can learn about what folks here are doing as my offering my own insights because the work that people are doing in this country, you know, particularly given some of the resource challenges that they face, uh, is remarkable. And I, I'm really honored to have a chance to see it.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's super cool. And I'm really glad that you're there. I'm glad that you're able to to participate and and be a resource for them, but also to learn some new things and see how people are doing it in other places. And um and Accra, Ghana is not a small city either, right? It's
1: giant no, it's, it's well, it's it's not it's not huge by global standards. I think if I recall correctly, it's maybe just a million people, it's really spread out. Uh, overall, Ghana is a nation of 30 million people. Um, it's not considered to be a particularly big country in Africa. Uh, it's located on the um, basically the western part of the elbow that swings down towards South Africa, mm-hmm. uh, basically directly below the Sahara Desert. And actually, I came just at the tail end of the annual um, dust weather that blows from the Sahara. And actually, I mean, they have, obviously, they have a term for it, which I'm not remembering. But that some of that sand and dust actually winds up in Houston over the course of the year. It's really amazing. It just gets swept up in the upper atmosphere and circulates the globe. It's remarkable stuff. Um, let's see. So yeah, real quickly, the flight over was fine. Um, It's such a bizarre thing. You take off at midnight and they wake you up at 2 a.m. to feed you a meal for some absolutely inexplicable reason. Um, But then I managed to do a little bit more sleeping and then got here and got settled. And the next day went to the embassy, which is just down the road from here. Um, Very American, right? It's just It's a footprint right here uh, near the airport. Uh, You know, the the United States government is not still about its developments and buildings in foreign countries. Uh, I happen to be right next to the Iranian embassy, which is kind of strange, and the French. So uh, this is very much the diplomatic area. Later that afternoon, as you alluded to, uh, I would set up this interview with uh, Pulse FM, Joy News, and actually, there's a uh, there's a video embedded in the most recent issue of the Cybertraps newsletter, which people can watch. It's about 15 minutes long. And, you know, immediately, I'm being asked about very much the same kind of issues that you and I discuss. <laughs> because the news had broken that morning that the uh, Ghanaian authorities had taken down almost a thousand websites, or I guess social media accounts more accurately, that purported to be of high government officials and they were being used to scam people mm-hmm. and all of the same issues that we face here in the U S which of course makes total sense because it's yeah. the same platforms. It's the same software, all the rest of it. So we've talked about that. Uh, we talked about the long range goal for my project here, which is to develop a, uh, I guess, additional resources for parents and kids to try to avoid some of the safety issues online. Uh, Obviously, Child Online Africa has done a lot of that, but this will give me an opportunity to update some of the issues, offer my perspective from the U.S., and uh, address new technology. So, for instance, at lunch today, Awa and I were discussing the fact that we need to add in uh, chat GPT and other large language models into this handbook so that people better understand what it is
0: so on on that subject a a brief detour from what you're you're talking about is i've been spending the last two months working with a company here in the states called uh, school ai which is developing and using chat gpt and other tools like it for uh, creating lesson plans uh, assessments for students and really trying hard to take pressure off of teachers and make their lives easier so they can spend more time focusing on what kids are, uh, focusing on the kids so that they can have those good, positive experiences. And I, I think that, um, so I'm, I'm a big nerd, right. And I have been for a long time. But I have not been this. <laughs> yes, you feel you feel me right.
1: <laughs> so, all the fields, all the fields. <laughs> you know,
0: so I have not been this excited about educational technology literally in over a decade. Like there from the 2004-ish area until about 2010 through 12, it was really exciting. There were tons of new products, tons of new things to do, sure. and it was really great and then from 2011 12ish until uh just last year to be honest it there really wasn't a lot that was exciting probably the only one yeah. that was really like attention getting was flipgrid for example and there weren't oh, m- sure. right
1: right
0: weren't many like it or weren't many that were um that were really innovative it was more just like this refining process time which is which is all fine and dandy but but I'm mm-hmm. really excited about this and what the potential is because it's enabling things and expanding creativity in ways that, that I just, honestly, I wasn't prepared for. And after yeah. like, just looking at it is cool, but then really digging in and seeing what is actually possible is, is amazing. And I'm doing things with it that I've never been able to do in my life, which is very exciting.
1: Well, I. I will propose, you know, particularly when I get back to the U.S., that we do a whole show on large uh, language models and their implications. Um, if people are interested, uh, the episode or the issue of the Cybertraps newsletter before last has links to the five presentations I did up in Alaska, uh, which we can talk about briefly if you want. But one of them was a keynote entitled What's Up, Bot? And it was really designed to be the, you know, cabinet of horrors of what could be happening with respect to um, chat GPT and so forth. And and I think it was reasonable to do that because, you know, there's a lot of things that people haven't thought about that they should. But I would argue with you, and, and I suspect you'll agree that when we look back on this era, we're going to have three tent poles of digital technology. We're gonna have the World Wide web in 93, and 94. We're going to have the smartphone in 2007 and we're going to have large language models in 22, 23 as being these hinge points in technological development. And I think it is going to be absolutely fascinating. Um, You know, certainly if we're able to free people from repetitive and only marginally creative work and give them the opportunity to do higher level stuff, that's fantastic. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I think so. Even, I don't know, there's there's so much for us to talk about. So uh, I don't want right. to take too much from what you're doing in Africa. Tell us about your week coming up, what you're going to be working on over the next week. Um, And then hopefully, Internet and Time will work out that we can do another interview for Cybertraps next week. Because this is episode one of season three, and we're excited to...
1: We are loving it. Yeah, it's it's terrific to get back on the ball, which I'm excited about. So, uh, let's see this week. This week, real quickly, I did a wonderful meet and greet with uh, Ken Ashigbe, who is the chief executive officer of the Ghana Chamber of Telecommunications. So, it's basically an advocacy group for the various tech companies and and uh, cellular providers here in Ghana. Uh, they're working on a lot of child safety issues. There's a real issue with gambling uh, in Ghana. Um, I actually mentioned to him gaming, thinking I was going to be talking about things like Xbox and uh, PlayStation 1 and stuff like that. And he said, yes, that is becoming something that uh, more and more kids are doing, and esports are beginning to rise. But the real problem they have with gaming is the rise of low-level betting. Uh, particularly in the more rural areas where, you know, machines or programs are being promoted to the extent that, you know, kids are pilfering from their parents in order to bet and so forth. And it's it's a huge issue. It really is, particularly uh, given the economic circumstances in this country. Uh, Ghana is in another wave of attempting to refinance government bonds and its international debt. It's already gone through one cycle of forgiveness and so forth. And now the IMF is is basically back at the door trying to straighten things out again. Um, you know, it's interesting that I, I, I need to read so much more to better understand literally what I'm seeing, but there's a huge amount of construction that seems to have been started and then not finished. And then a lot of kind of the environmental stuff is really discouraging in terms of you know, water quality, sewage, air quality, so on and so forth. Um, that That's a longer conversation. And again, I need to better inform myself. But in terms of what they're trying to do online, uh, certainly Mr. Shigby was very uh, interested in, actually, I'm all things uh, Jethro, the Alaskan experience, hmm. the idea, the challenge of bringing Uh, quality education to remote areas which is one of the fundamental challenges here in Ghana as well and so ended up having a very interesting chat about two areas nine time zones apart that are facing some similar issues Uh, the next day actually I got up and drove two and a half hours to the town of Ho Ho in the Volta region of Ghana because AWA was doing a presentation at a tech forum and fair for young women, uh, yesterday being, of course, International Women's Day. Uh, there are a large number of uh, female-only schools scattered across Ghana. So they gathered uh, a number of the students from the schools to come together at this high school in in Ho. And the kids were giving presentations of games that they've, they've written, uh, mm-hmm. They're deeply into project management. They're basically offering to run uh, female-owned businesses for people. Um, it was really, really inspiring. These kids, they're middle school kids, they're high school kids, they are poised. And you know, I was saying to someone, you we can't underestimate what this generation is gonna be like, uh, given the tools that technology offer and the degree of confidence that they get from being able to do this stuff. And of course, it's fascinating in the kind of broader cultural sense of Ghana. You know, the gender roles are still very strictly defined, particularly, uh, you know, if, if you're in your 30s and up, it's these kids, you know, and, and in some way similar to the United States, these kids have no patience with that. It's like we're carving our own path. We're going to figure this out. So that was really cool. Uh, next week, I've got a series of presentations at different schools. Um, at some point, once we get the time broken down or nailed down, I'm going to do a presentation on digital investigations for the uh, Ghanaian State Police, which will be interesting. Yeah. Um, and then also, for some reason, the uh, Ghanaian Prison Guard Association wants me to do a presentation of some description. Um, and then at towards the end of the visit, I'll do a uh, fireside chat back, basically with whoever wants to dial in from around Ghana, parents mostly, uh, talking about kid safety issues. And then uh, we'll figure out the timeline for creating the resource that I mentioned at the beginning.
0: Yeah, wow. Uh, so sounds like a full calendar and definitely a lot going on if if it works out and you can record these we can splice them into the podcast as well so let's uh sure you know yeah you-
1: well actually I have something to show you because I I was actually planning ahead oh look so at you go I have this and I am going to start using it for my presentations on Monday for those who can't see this it is just to give them a shout out a zoom h1n handy recorder and I even have the thirty two gigabit you know uh memory card, so we should be all good to go
0: perfect, yeah, that's very yeah. good. um I don't have it within grabbing distance, but I got a remember when I came down, oh yeah, you saw it when I was in uh at nastec in um yes in uh November, gosh, that seems like so long ago um I had a a little a small zoom uh recorder thing that was really really handy and i really like having something small and portable like that so um yeah that's good i'm glad you've got that and i look forward to yeah. hearing some of those recordings and you know we may have All a few right. special episodes that are just your presentations that um yeah that we can put out which will be cool
1: well that sounds good and we should talk to i'm going to give you the links to the presentations that i did in alaska and the sound quality on those should be pretty good. So, if we wanted to extract stuff from that, yeah. um, that that would be useful too. Um, may as add it to the mix. Uh, but for those who are listening uh, in the uh, beginning here of March, I'm hoping to have Awo join me next week sometime when I can work out a time with Jethro. Uh, beyond that, there's a handful of other people I'd love to, you know, at the very least, interview with a handheld mic and. You know yeah. see if I can get fifteen or twenty minutes you know of their time. so
0: yeah, I mean, I think that would be really great and I think people would love to hear their perspective of what what's going on for them right now um yeah, and, yeah. you know, uh, I think there's there's a lot of potential for some good good stuff coming out of this trip and i'm just I'm just so glad that you made it and that it actually happened. It's super exciting.
1: Oh. yeah thank you so much, Jethro and it's great to have a chance to chat with you about it and obviously your assistance in publicizing what's going on. I will leave um, our listeners with one statistic. So we often talk about the fact that in the United States, the uh, adoption of smartphones in the high school is basically 95% or so and only 20%, 20 percentage points lower in middle school. Um, over here, those figures are closer to thirty and and ten. Interesting. So yeah, it is interesting, and so there's still a very vibrant internet cafe uh, culture here, uh, where for a few cedis, that's the Ghanaian currency, Cedi, uh, kids can go in and get online and stuff like that. But um, it it's good in a sense that it slowed down some of the social issues, although. When Awa was giving a presentation for the International Women's Day thing, I mean, she was very blunt about the fact that many young women are asked for intimate images by their boyfriends, just as happens in the U.S. So yeah. Yeah. I, I guess that makes sense, human nature being what it is. But, you know, it's just it's interesting that for a very conservative culture, which Ghana basically is, that those conversations are starting to be had in public in this way.
0: So yeah,
1: fascinating just fascinating stuff
0: yeah very interesting so a couple things to think about um
1: yeah
0: i know in in many african countries get uh used things from the united states uh mm-hmm. technology cell phones things like that um clothing, clothing etc um in fact uh keep an eye out for someone cuz i saw this when i was in russia the um the I saw kids wearing clothes that were like super bowl champions or NBA champions for the losing team that didn't actually win. Um,
1: oh, and that's right?
0: cause they make all those shirts and hats and everything beforehand. So, um, so if you see something like that, it would be, it would be great to, to, to see what that looks like. And, um, and see if that is something that's still happening. Just as a side note, it has nothing to do with technology or anything. Well,
1: it's actually super ironic that you you raised that particular story because as we were driving back yesterday, which took so long because of traffic, um, I looked up and there was this kid on the side of the road wearing a bright green T-shirt, you know, with the the, the city limit signs. Uh-huh. And it said, it's pronounced Worcester, W-O-O-S-T-H. Which is a Massachusetts joke, because the, the city in the middle of the state is W-O-R-C-E-S-T-E-R. So you always have people saying Worcester, I want to go to Worcester. Yeah. And it's pronounced Wusta. And my my siblings lost it when I told them that I had seen oh, that trip in the middle of Ghana, you know. They yeah. thought it was great.
0: Yeah, it's wild. Um, I was I was amazed, I can't remember any of them now, of course, but I was amazed at some of the things I saw when I was in Russia. Of like yeah. shirts that had references to things happening in America that, for whatever reason, yep. they ended up there in Russia, and you, uh, they're probably not buying those like super trendy items. <laughs> you know, somehow they're it's getting am- over there.
1: So I'm anyway. really starting to, th- I'm starting to think more about this, and I, I know we need to wrap up, but you know, the global culture piece, Jethro, is amazing. So there's a store that sell that sells baby goods. And it calls itself Baby on Board, and it uses the big yellow thing. Oh, man. Or one of the one of the telecom boxes is painted with SpongeBob SquarePants. Like yeah. it just it's everywhere. It's so pervasive. It's amazing. Yeah.
0: So anyway, back to the thing we're really talking about. Uh, but those are fun stories. You should definitely take pictures and and absolutely and share yeah. those things. Uh, back to technology. There, <laughs> as people continue upgrading. Their phones and devices here in America, those recycled and and still capable but, uh, but used devices are probably going to to end up in places like Africa, like Ghana, and uh, be an opportunity for people to buy them uh, at a cheaper rate, and for those companies to still do them. I mean, Apple is very big into the recycling their gear, and they're not all they're not reselling all of that here in the states. Uh, sure. they're, sh- they're probably shipping it somewhere like Africa and getting, you know, a couple of year old phones in people's hands. And I think that that is just going to continue to increase as they, as it can become affordable as the economy does better, hopefully, yeah. and people can afford those things. So that'll be an interesting thing to pay attention to over the next several years. And if you do see kids with smartphones, uh, I would love it if you could ask them where they're getting them and, and yeah if they are buying them used or new or or how that's working, if if it's appropriate and makes sense. So just for a little, well, a little boots on the ground yeah. reporting.
1: I, I think that's fantastic. I know that um, next week, at least one of the presentations is at um, what they call a senior high school. And then the other one is at a basic school. And that'll definitely be something I want to ask, or I probably would pose that quietly to the teachers. But if I do see any kids who are willing to chat with me, I will. It's a great idea.
0: Yeah, very interesting. Okay, well, uh, right. super excited that we've been able to chat. And uh, if you're if you're listening and haven't heard from us for a while, it's because we've been Fred's been busy, I've been busy, and we're excited to start season three episode 152 is what this is with uh with fred here Amazing. in africa so thanks fred yeah, for we got time
1: my pleasure jethro and thanks for lighting the fire let's get season three up and running and do good stuff with it so all righty that wraps up this episode of the cyber traps podcast in the coming weeks we'll continue our coverage of emerging trends in a variety of areas including digital misconduct cyber safety cyber security privacy, and the challenges of high-tech parenting around the world. Along the way, we'll talk to a growing collection of international experts who are helping us to understand the risks and the rewards of digital technology.
0: You can can find the Cybertraps podcast on all your favorite podcast apps. We hope that you'll share the show with your friends and colleagues and reach out to us if you have guests, questions, or topic suggestions. If you're looking to follow us on Twitter, I'm at Jethro Jones and Fred is at Cybertraps. And if you're still listening, you must have loved this show. Please leave us a five-star rating and review in your podcast service. We appreciate having you here and in our audience. And we look forward to having you join us for our next episode. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. Visit MyFlexLearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com BE. Do you want to save time on prep work, increase student achievement for all of your students, reliably meet Tier 1 standards? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve these goals.